Margaret Tharp, David Lendrum. We're here to answer questions, have discussions, talk about the most beautiful things in the world. Perhaps raise some questions, perhaps answer some questions. It's a call-in show, 907-586-1800, and you'll reach us on the air. And Margaret and I own Landscape Alaska. Actually, Margaret owns Landscape Alaska. I work for her. It's all my fault. And and you and all your benefit and all your work and all and all those things that you did all over town. You know, I'm still doing them. Still doing them. And by the way, for those of you in town, go drive by the Capitol building and look at the hydrangeas turning color right now. All those hydrangeas blushing into pink. This stage, when they're at their mixture of pink and white, is one of the most beautiful of all. They are lovely. They truly are. Hydrangeas are a real good crop for us here because they bloom when other things aren't blooming. After the rhododendrons and roses. And they don't turn brown in the rain. Which That's is a big a, deal, isn't it? This is a big deal. <laughs> they don't turn brown. They don't break up. They're, they're real tough. Yeah. And they're real, real hardy, meaning you can plant them in hard places, and they, they do very well. You can even put them in containers and leave them on your deck. They're that hardy. So, uh, and, and since the people in the world have responded to the hydrangeas, as strongly as they have, the plant breeders have come back in another volley, and the latest iteration of new hydrangea varieties are even more beautiful. <clears throat> so, what the one called Skyfall? Tell me about that one. Skyfall. I love the names, yeah, the yeah, names yeah, of, right. of them all are. So, there's a Dutch guy who has been breeding hydrangeas for forty or fifty years, uh-huh. and he's a he, in the hydrangea world. He's a a superstar and Skyfall is his latest one and where most of the these are all what they call paniculate hydrangeas which are the ones that look kind of like lilac flowers long and pointed right not the round balls that you can change colors by changing the soil chemistry and what are those called those are hortensis. Hortensis. That kind is called hortensis. But the, the paniculate kind had the, the long pointy blooms, and that's what does really well here. They're a zone two hardy plant. They're hardy to minus 50 degrees. And does it change color? That's the one that changes color. That's 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 another one. No, the, qu- all the paniculates are the ones like, like uh, quickfire that start off creamy and turn to pink to red. Okay. They're not the blue and, and pink no, ones. No, I understand. That's a different family. Uh-huh. Okay, so, so this new one, Skyfall, is bred to only get about knee high and about three to four feet across. That's great. You Isn't know, it? because really that's my favorite size in the garden because you want to cover your ground so the weeds don't have a chance to germinate and grow there. Absolutely. And a few years of tending around something like that until it gets to be broad and not too tall you know the tall things you have to constantly be pruning on so they don't you have block to prune them view. hard that's right and so they don't get out of shape you know right or get broken if they get too long so skyfall also has another uh big benefit is that all the florets on the flower are really really close together so rather than have them look kind of of uh airy and if there's plenty of spaces in between them all the little petals are overlapping so it looks more like uh, a flower bouquet than than uh, individual florets. That sounds great. It is. We're just beginning to see them bloom now. Uh, and in their, yeah, these in their are little, little ones. Size. These aren't very big. They're what, no, two gallons? Two gallon cans, yeah. right. We got them early this year as liners. A lot of this stuff we can only get our hands on. As y- young plants. Really young plants because there aren't big ones yet. Right. So, <coughs> so we'll want to move some of those up for wintertime. Just oh, so probably that, so. So that in the spring... They really take off. 
That's right. If somebody doesn't buy them today and tomorrow, you never know. <laughs> so uh, tomorrow I'm having a pruning workshop at Landscape Alaska. In the greenhouse, so even if it's raining, uh, you'll right. be undercover. You'll be undercover. It looks real nice. And we're going to talk about how to repair damaged plant material. And we brought a bunch of damaged plant material up so you can You can practice. practice. Bring your own pruners, but we'll have pruners too. Noon to 2 o'clock tomorrow at Landscape Alaska. And it's out on public media. You can check it. It's on the Facebook and on the Garden Club website and all that stuff. So we welcome you. Please come along, and we'll have hands-on instruction, and we'll also talk about things. And we'll tell jokes. And we'll talk about how (laughs) we've got some great horticultural jokes. That are. <laughs> I'm not going to tell any now, though. I'm going to no, save them all for right. tomorrow. That's right. Okay, so. Uh, so this is. Next week will be our last radio show. Next week so will be the end of our radio show. If you season. got any questions this week, get them out there. 907 586 1800. Or we're online and telephone, and, you know, our phone rings all yeah, the we're time. We're not going out of business. We're just not going to be on the radio. Right. We're focusing on landscape installations. And getting ready for winter. So as as somebody calls, like, you know, we've been been at lots of people's homes this year. Lots and lots of people's <coughs> homes. So somebody calls up and they say that I want to have, I don't like the landscape in the house I bought. I want to change it. Or I've just moved into a house that was built and there's nothing but gravel around it. How do you start off? How do you start off talking to somebody there? Well... You know, but they send all kinds of signals. But what, no matter what kind of landscape they want, um, the real challenge in this day and age is how to keep the cost down. You know, it is the single biggest factor. I mean, I can come up with designs for almost anything. But being able to have it be affordable so they have a framework within which they can keep adding to it every year because very few people have the money to do a complete installation but if you put the soil in give the framework for it have the pathways there then they have time to add more or plant grass or put in ground cover or whatever it is that they want on the surface and to try to set that up for all the different people who have different points of view and desires is and always have it be successful yep and so so figure it takes five years basically for a a landscape on a tight budget to get installed you have to do the soil placements and the fill and get the contours correct and the next year you might bring in the topsoil you know it's it's all about groundwork and in the meantime if you can't plant your land right away you know cover it in landscape fabric so those weed seeds don't blow in that's a big deal isn't it mm-hmm. because that that uh time when the the fresh exposed soil is there is when it's you the know, seeds just so go boy oh boy we're gonna grow there <laughs> and if you've got two or three years that you can't get finished with it by the time two or three years have passed you got a good weed crop that's right i went to somebody's yard last week who had started doing their landscape about 10 years ago and got their attention away. So you could see they had begun, but they didn't pay any more attention after that, and it was nothing but weeds. So just to clarify this, I only use landscape fabric 
as a temporary cover. I don't plant in landscape fabric. Plants, plants don't like landscape fabric. But it's great for discouraging weeds blowing into a completely raw scenario. And it's good to lay down underneath any gravel walks or paths or anything like that um, as a base. But I don't, I don't plant in it. I know. I've been with you. We don't plant it at all. So you've got your, your uh, picture here. You have some idea. How do you elicit from somebody what they're going to want to have? I just ask them. What do you imagine? What are the kinds of things that you desire in your landscape? You know, And they all have ideas. Mm-hmm. I have little kids. I want them to be able to ride trikes. Uh, I love roses. My mother raised roses, and I want to have roses. You know, uh, the red leaf maple is my favorite tree. Where could I have one here? You know, they tell you everybody comes from a landscape. You know, everybody has a place in their mind and their heart that they come from that they want a, a remembrance of that place in their yard. It doesn't have to be exactly the same thing, but something that triggers that comfort of this is home and that's such a way to have it looking back at some place that you remember and having something that transports you into that mindset whenever you look at it yes and that's one of the reasons i believe that lilacs are such a popular plant that they are everybody talks about how my grandmother had one my aunt had one we had them when i was little and growing up because it's something that's it's a uh, a solid memory you can hold on to Oh, yes, there it is. And most of us here, not all of us, but most of us here came from someplace else. You know, Mm -hmm. some people were lucky enough to be born in southeast Alaska. The rest of us migrated here. Right. Well, among the things that that, uh, I look at when I I go to talk to people about it is that before you start talking about what kind of plants you want, you really want to think about what you want to do in your yard. So when you talk about, I got little kids and I want a place for them to ride their trikes, it's kind of that aspect that, that before you think about where the Japanese maple grove is going to go, think about uh, where am I going to park? How am I going to get around? What and, do I have to do? And the other thing is, is that I've gone to many neighborhoods that are nice. Don't misunderstand me. And they have a residential road driving through the neighborhood to get to the homes, right? But people have their kids playing right up to the, the road edge as if the road itself doesn't pose a threat. Now, it's one thing if your kids are always out there with you, but the other thing is if they're out there playing by themselves, which a lot of kids are, oh, it's the afternoon, mom runs in to answer the phone or whatever it is, you need a barrier between the road and where your children are. It doesn't have to be a fence, it can be a hedge. It could be a flower bed. But something that says, stop here. <laughs> something that does the grass doesn't just go rolling right up to the road edge. And not just that. In, in most American landscapes, the street is the dominant thing. Yes, the you know? street. So the street rules. And if you don't have some separation there at the edge, the front edge of your property, it seems like the street continues right on up to your front door. And you go through different neighborhoods and you see the development of the new neighborhood. They don't have that. You know, the new neighborhood is unformed. 
All they have is a driveway and a house and maybe a view plane, but there's the road. And the older the neighborhood, and you drive through these different neighborhoods in Juneau, and the more developed along the road edge, you experience it. Like out there in the valley, they didn't have anything on the road edge for years and years and years. But now you drive through there, and that neighborhood's, you know, 40 or 50 years old, and you see they all have some kind of delineation that says, stop here. And this is interior space, and that's exterior, exterior space. space. Yep. And some people, you know, leave more of that, that space as exterior space along the, the street because, you know, maybe they're going to have to get their cars off the road or something. S- snow plows. That's the big one, isn't it? <laughs> snow plows rule in Juneau. <laughs> I tell you what. Well, and with the amount of snow that we've been getting, give them room is what I say. That's right. So uh, I went to Tyler Rental last week. Just to get some parts. Uh huh. And I'm so glad to be able to walk in and say, I need this, and they go back and get it. You know, the parts that, the, without which your tool won't work. The little tiny plastic cap that got lost, the thing that hides the shaft inside the stem that goes to the weed eater or goes to the power broom or whatever I, it is. Oh, my car is filled with them. I, I, I understand. <laughs> your car is. That's right. So at Tyler, they're having a sale. And they're having a sale on some uh, blowers, you know, both the battery-powered and the gasoline-powered ones. I love the battery-powered. It's it's not as powerful as the the gasoline-powered, but for the amount of work I do and for finish work, you know, clean up the edge from weed eating or, you know, right. t- take care of the leaves and get them out there where you can rake them up and put them in a bucket. Uh, it's it's so much easier than the gas blower and so much lighter well i'm just saying so different tasks you need different machines now when we're working on really big construction projects i love the gas blower because you need that power and it doesn't matter that it's noisy because everything else everything else is noisy too (laughs) yep i got you and uh, those little handheld battery powered tools i just use them every day i see you all the time and you've got when you talk about your car being full of them your car is like a toolbox. It is. You know, it's like got layer after layer yeah. after layer of tool in it. And I'm the little old lady driving it around. <laughs> got my little tools all around me. Just I need I need a couple of stiff little brushes for cleaning the insides of the battery-powered pruners. Okay. The different kinds of hedge find. trimmers and that because there's so much fine detritus that slips inside the cavity that I... I like to clean it out. I was using my handheld rake the other day, but I think a little stiff brush would be a better Something thing. Something like that sounds a lot easier. <laughs> uh-huh. you bet. Okay, it's a call-in show. We're going to go away pretty soon. If you want to call us up, now's the time to do it. And uh, let's talk about lilies for a few minutes, because this is lily season right now. Lilies are blooming everywhere. And uh, it's been such a beautiful uh, summer for lilies. Lily, hasn't it, though? And the aroma. Walking in the flats... Down those avenues, the oriental lilies are in bloom now, and right. as, you know, on every corner there's lilies in flower. It's just, it's great. You know, um, it makes me wonder what is our weather going to be like. What is our weather? It's changing. You know, this summer was quite miraculous. Really, too hot for me, but I'm a wimp. Uh, but that's why you but, went to Southeast Alaska. But the seeing the heat, the sun makes things grow so much, and the pr- production of the lilies 
The thing about lilies is they make their own little bulbs at the ends of their stems and drop them in the soil. Some so, kinds. Not all of them, but some kinds do. Well, all those Asiatic ones that we've had. The, the Tiger lilies do. Ginger had one lily, and now she's got 60 that have seeded themselves. Uh-huh. You know, and in the last 30 years, it's quite a crop. That's true. Quite because a crop. It's, it's, and they it's are not so an eager to grow. Uh-huh. Yeah. Right. There's and they're all beautiful. A, there's so many kinds of them. Uh-huh. And the uh, tiger lilies are coming on to bloom next. Right. I see. I was looking at the tiger lily collection that you have at, the, at our house in the nursery. And there's uh, maybe a dozen of them that are just about ready to bloom. Got big fat buds on them. They look so right. eager to flower. I put them in the greenhouse just for the pruning workshop tomorrow, oh, so people could see them. But uh, I have them planted there at Riverview, and they're going to town. They're blooming. Of course, it's hotter there than uh-huh, any place else in the town. Brick walls, uh-huh. sun beating on them, uh-huh. looking out at the west. They're yeah, really man. happy. They are happy. I think they they're love in that California kind of stuff. <laughs> or uh, even Arizona. Uh huh. On vacation. Okay, pruning workshop tomorrow. Noon to two, please come. Come to the nursery. And uh, if you don't know where we are, you can look at our website and there's a map. LandscapeAlaska.com has a, uh, is our website. And not only do you get to read our extravagant stories and talk about, about all the fabulous plants, but you'll get a map of how to get there. And by the way, all those pictures on the website... Those are all Margaret's landscape design pictures. They're really, really attractive. P- take a take a look. Thanks, You're going to enjoy that. I, that's the nice... There's nobody else's website looks anything like that. <laughs> you know, they've all got photos or, uh, or uh, kind of jangly images moving around, but your hand-drawn landscape pictures are so attractive. I like it a lot. Thank you. So garden tasks, let's look at what's going to happen out in the yard this well, week. Well, it's time to start cutting back your spring perennials and all that and they're looking kind of tawdry and if you want to divide them this is when this is when to do it if you want to divide any of your spring bloomers so the way you figure out what you're going to divide is if they are like you say if they're blooming in the spring we divide them in the late summer if they're blooming in the mid to late summer and into the fall you divide them in the early spring right so when they're just barely alive and one of the things that's quite surprising is that now is when to divide and move peonies. We did that this week. We did it this week. That's right. Dug it up. And the the, Two of them. S- the size of the roots on those peonies, even though they'd been hidden under the rhododendron for years. 20, 20 years. 20 years they'd been hidden out of, out of sight. The roots were growing anyway, and they were huge. I had to have Andrew dig that up. I told him, I said, Andrew, I'm sorry, but this job has your name all over it because he's such a vigorous and careful uh, worker that I had to say. And flexible. Yeah, and flexible. That's like <laughs> scrunching down there scrunching underneath down the rhododendrons and digging things <laughs> up. You betcha. Yes. And, uh, he did a great job and you made watering basins and everything. That's grand. And in the in the pruning workshop, I'm going to talk about pruning rhododendrons too. So You if, know, and that rhododendron, was that two years ago that you pruned that rhododendron? Looks good now, doesn't it? Yeah. You can prune off all the dead branches now now it's time for that uh-huh. right it's uh, amazing considering that it's just been down there neglected for two years it ne- didn't get any food <laughs> it had irrigation from our our uh, rotating sprinklers our rotating sprinkler that's right you know 
Okay, so that's that not not not. And it's and, happy to be alive. And the kinds of things that you would be blooming, it would be dividing now, would be the spring blooming primroses and the pulmonaria, bleeding hearts, bergenia, geraniums, all those those early spring tough as nuts kind of plants. Tough as nuts. Tough as nuts. <laughs> tough as nuts is a it's a California phrase. That's I guess so, it's tough as nuts. We are nuts here, but we're not. Oh, really there's tough. always that, isn't there? <laughs> we're going to change our hours again. Coming into the autumn, we're going to uh, stay closed on Monday and Tuesday and Wednesday, and we'll open Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. So the long weekend. We're going to start focusing on the long weekend. Well, that's good because we have a lot of work. And we have to be working Monday, Tuesday, work Wednesday. Most of the time. Yep. If you're out of town, if you live in another community, it's here in Southeast Alaska, and you want some of these desirable perennials or little shrubs or the new hydrangeas or any of that kind of stuff, look on our website. We have an online catalog now. It's not everything by any means that we carry. There's maybe a couple hundred items on it. But if you look out there and you see something you might want, we're set up now that we can send those to you. And if there's something that we're out of, put an order in for next year and we'll send it to you then. That's right. And add it to our to our list. And like I said last week, the nursery business moves from August, September to August, September. Now is when all the deals are done. Now is when everything's being allocated. You better and get wheeling and dealing, man. And I'm on it. I'm <laughs> on it. I'm looking every day and buying stuff for next spring right now. And, uh, well, I want more bee balm. And we want uh, the Japanese maples, you know. We're going to get those. And those beautiful pink-flowering dogwoods. Ooh, ooh, ooh. Yep, beautiful. Jim and Laurie, I've got one with your name on it. You want to come get it? And let's see. Uh, and there's the spring bulbs are out and I saw. I saw it starting to sell spring bulbs. You know, of all the spring bulbs, I mean, everybody can have their own favorite, but mine really is the crocus. Yep, I can certainly see why. Because it comes back every year and it multiplies, and you don't have to worry about the ravens picking them and, <laughs> and dead. There is that, you know. <laughs> People call every year, you know, what happened to my red tulips? That's right. They you know, like the red tulips. They love red tulips more than anything. It's astounding. Absolutely yep. astounding. So... Uh, the crocus you planted around the Capitol building. I know you planted a thousand of them there, which seems like a large number. But when I looked at it this spring, there's 5,000 of them in bloom now. They grow. They yep. double, they multiply, and they last so long. Yeah, well, they're the, first, they're the first thing that blooms. And I like the gold ones because you can see them in the landscape. The blue ones are pretty if you get to see them up close, but they don't glow. I know. That yellow, that golden yellow it really, really glows. really glows. Mm-hmm. And, and, then, uh, and then they just kind of fade away. Well, they dry up, and you cut them off. Right, and the, the next stage up. comes on, the next stage comes on. Right. More stuff comes up, more flowers bloom. But the, the golden crocus is really the winner for opening that state. And that reminds me, I've, I've reached out to the crocus guy several times. I have to get on to him right now and get back to him. Make sure that I get my crocuses. I'd like some. I know. Me too. Okay, uh, we moved big roadies this year. Well, that was pretty exciting. And they've all seemed to take it off quite well. If somebody wants to talk about that, that's really a, a, a desirable thing. You think that once they're there, you can't do anything with them. They're actually quite movable. 
right? As long as you have some real strong backs or a machine. That's right. It depends on how big they are. And you're not in a hurry. And you get all ready first. You know, you take all the steps, make a new home for them, and do all that before you approach the plant. There is that about moving things is you need to dig the hole first. That's <laughs> so right. So when you get it up out of the ground, it has some place immediately to go. And it's not just there. I mean, it's the same thing when you're working in the kitchen. you got to have a place to put something down before you pick it up. Do you? <laughs> <laughs> I know. I know. And we have to teach that lesson over and over every crew we get. You know, it comes every year. Okay, new hours. Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. And if you can't make it those times, you can call me up and we'll make arrangements to meet you. And uh, check out our online catalog. Come to our pruning workshop tomorrow. And if you are interested in landscape design, now's the time to reach out for Margaret because she's got she's making a list of people for whom she's making landscape designs for this winter. And so be uh, be aware if you want to get well, it's you nice. You don't want to call in May and say, I want a landscape design. No, you really don't. Because there's just no time at that time of year to fit that in. Right. And if, if you do want to design, you know, give me a budget. I work to a budget. And I can come and take pictures of your yard so I have something to work on once the snow flies. And we have an, a... Uh Oh, a new client questionnaire that if somebody wants to have a landscape made, the first thing they'll get is a questionnaire that comes to them and says, you know, how many people are you? What kind of activities do you do? And all that kind of stuff. And then where do you like to look for landscapes? What do you like to see? You know? And it helps an awful lot for doing that. Okay, so we got one more radio show next week, Mark. I know. We'll have to figure out something fun to talk about. Have to have something fun. I like that. You know, it's been... What's this, 30 years? I don't know. Something like that. <laughs> boy, don't oh remind me. And remember that little studio that KIY used to have over there at the, the radio station by the end of the bridge? Yep. A little tiny room. Boy, this is pretty luxurious like this. Okay, I'm going back to work. Uh, Margaret's going to take her crew out and do some more landscape installation today. I'll be at the nursery. And uh, if you're interested, come by and talk to us. It's really, really pretty right now. Landscape Alaska is so beautiful right now. The colors are beginning to change. There's all these Japanese maples. The azaleas are just looking lovely. And the the chipmunks, uh, chipmunks squirrels, everywhere. squirrels are active on the ground, and the birds are flying running everywhere. along with the with the spruce cones in their mouth, uh-huh. chattering away it's in the trees. Yep, it's cones pretty, bigger than their heads. It's pretty nice out there. <laughs> And the delphiniums are in full bloom right now. Yes. Some so come on over. Uh, I'll be there from uh, 10 o'clock to 4 o'clock today and noon to 4 tomorrow and noon to 2 tomorrow for the pruning workshop. And if you want to get on our newsletter list, give me an email. And until next week, this is Margaret Tharp and David Lendrum, Landscape Alaska. And we're wishing you all happy gardening.